Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today we are going to be discussing why mindfulness matters in sex and relationships. My guest today is Wendy Dumbroff, and let me tell you a little bit about her before we get started. Wendy L. Dumbroff is a licensed professional counselor in private practice where she specializes in individual, family, couples, and sex therapy. She's a highly trained couple and sex therapist who provides a safe, non-judgmental, and sex-positive environment. Dumbroff has extensive experience counseling individuals, families, and couples around many different matters, including infidelity, lack of communication, depression, anxiety, and all aspects of sexual issues. Highly intuitive, she honors the perspectives of each person in the room. She deeply believes therapy is a very courageous choice and a key to understanding unuseful patterns which repeat in relationships. Additionally, Dombroff is a certified teacher of mindfulness and meditation, which are skills she brings into her therapy practice. I'm so grateful to have you on the show today. Thank you, Tatiana. Thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So I'm going to ask you our million-dollar question. I love hearing people's responses to this. Um, Will you share with us and with our listeners what your superpowers are? Yeah, I I love that question. I wish I really had a superpower, but I would say that one of the skills that I bring is the ability to unweave the web that couples present with when they sort of lay their problems down and really look at, drill down and look at what happens between them. What triggers one person? What do they do? How does that trigger the other person? And what did they do in response? And so I really look to see the pattern underneath the content of their arguments. And I would say that that's probably my, I guess if we want to call it a superpower for today, that, that's, that is what I do because that forms the core of so much of the work that I do with couples. I love it. And I, um, I love how you said that untangling the web, I got this image of you as this, you know, wise woman sort of untying knots and and laying laying things out straight so they can be so they can be seen. Um, So that's really beautiful. So uh, we are going to go to a quick break before we dive into this conversation today. And I I have a feeling there's going to be some really good stuff that comes up here. Uh, Before we go to break, will you tell our listeners where they can go to find out more about you and your work? Oh, sure. Yes, my website is wendydumbrofftherapy.com. It's Wendy with an I. I know most people spell it with a Y. Uh, wendydumbrofftherapy.com. And my phone number is 973-937-8651. Wonderful. And so that link to her website will be on our site. You can go to sexloveandsuperpowers.com and go to Why Mindfulness Matters in Sex and Relationships. And the transcript will be right there. You can click right on the link to her website. So we are talking to Wendy Dumproff about why mindfulness matters in sex and relationships, and we will be right back. Stay tuned. Hello, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts and creator of the Superpower Network. Welcome and thank you for making us your go-to place for inspired content, training, and community. 
The network is so much more than a place for amazing content. It's step one on the path to unlock your superpowers. Listen to one episode daily on the Superpower Network and attune yourself to inspired conversations, higher vibrational living, and much, much more. In step two, you learn with us by watching one of our inspirational videos each week from the IM series. And when you're ready, come grow in community. Our superpower programs offer a unique experience for those ready to harness their superpowers to change themselves, their lives, and ultimately, the world. Go to superpowerexperts.com and take the next step on your path today. Okay, we're back. So probably a really basic and easy place to start here would be to explain to everybody what you mean by mindfulness, what we mean by mindfulness, give some context for the rest of this conversation. Yeah, sure. It's a great question and a really important one. We define mindfulness. Mindfulness is simply about being present in this moment right now, taking in this moment right now. And so, for example, for whoever's listening, whether you're sitting at home or you're driving, just to, for, for example, notice the seat underneath you. Perhaps notice the temperature and what you're feeling on your skin. Perhaps just notice the gentle rhythm of your breath. Getting in touch with this moment right now. Just as it is. And another piece of that is not trying to change it. Honoring what's there. Oh, this is how it is right now. Anxiety is here. This is what anxiety feels like. Ah, my heart's pounding. This is what's here right now. And... It's also bringing a non-judgmental attitude to whatever is being known and bringing compassion to whatever is being known. Well, anxiety is here and it's hard to feel this. So mindfulness is awareness. It's moment to moment awareness of what is happening right now. Mm -hmm. Kind of a basic sort of Yeah, and I love how beautifully you just brought us all into that um, moment with you, because I do think this is, this is foundational. This is so key. If we're, if we're going to start opening up our issues and talking about our stuff, you know, to, to know where we start, um, I liken it to a map, right? You can't, you can't get where you're going if you don't know where you are to begin with. Exactly. Um, and, and you mentioned something that I think is really valuable to expand on, especially right now. I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the state of things is going to be when this airs because we're many months out in production. So who knows? Maybe by the time this airs, we'll be totally done with COVID and everything will be clear. But, um, you know, the prophecies have said and my elders have said we're, we're going to be in some challenging times for the next at least, you know, several years to come. And so, one of the things that you you just gave voice to was maybe some anxiety um, being present. And I think it's, I, I would love to expand a little bit more on maybe some tools and some explanations of how that can come into play in relationship. Because I think oftentimes when we have things like anxiety or depression running in the background, we can make up all these stories and, and overlay all these things, especially when we're in relationship and when we're in close quarters with our partners. Um, 
that really like if we if we tear it down and we unpeel all the layers really what's just happening is i'm having anxiety and i can make it about you but really this is just an experience that i'm in mm, yes that's exactly right what you just said right it's peeling away those layers and it's also looking at what informs that anxiety and how do we defend against it right so as you were talking i was i was conjuring up an example in my mind because it's something i work with all the time where someone may be feeling anxiety but what comes out is anger towards their partner mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So for example their partners are arguing and someone gets loud and maybe in their past the person who doesn't get loud had a parent who was chaotic and uncontrollable, uh, alcoholic, substance user, just volatile personality-wise, and it would be very loud and created a lot of fear for them as a child, right? And what they did was they just, they just shut down and moved away from it uh, to cope. Maybe they yelled back, but let's say for the purpose of this example, they, they moved away from it. And so what happens is I might see a couple and say, well, we get in an argument and every time I yell, you know, I get upset and I can't help it. My voice raises and, and she just goes away, right? And so I, then I find out, well, this person had this history and we really unconsciously, we take those anxieties and those fears and those triggers, things that trigger us from our childhood and also the way we coped with them, we take them into our adult relationships unconsciously. And so it's very normal and understandable that that person tightens up and gets anxious if yelling occurs and loudness occurs because it brings her back unconsciously to her volatile childhood home, right? And then add a layer of COVID, right, which has just upped everybody's anxiety just to right. know that. So she, she learned in her childhood, I just have to retreat and get away from this. Right? So mindfulness is about really stopping and taking that pause. And this is where it can really apply in couples work. So when you notice, okay, we're in our argument, my partner's getting loud, I'm wanting to shut down and move away from this. Can I take a pause and be present? Can I understand what's happening within me? Oh, I feel... I feel my heart pounding. I notice, I notice my, my neck tightening, my chest tightening. Oh, this reminds me of that feeling. I want to move away from it. Ultimately, mindfulness is about turning toward, not turning away from. Well, and what I, what I love about these techniques, I mean, I use them all the time with my clients and with myself because, um, because what I, what I find it, invites is a i'm going to say disidentification with the feeling mm -hmm. um in that it's no longer like this is who i am but it's like i'm having this experience right now yes that is 100 percent on the mark it is it it is what is used in something called narrative therapy where we externalize the problem anxiety is here how does anxiety come to visit you? Because we are not our emotions. Emotions come and they go. And it's also what mindfulness teaches. Emotions arise and they pass away. Thoughts arise 
and they pass away. Yeah, and and one of the things that I think creates a lot of freedom and a lot of space in this perspective is that if we are labeling ourselves as having anxiety, I mean, that can become a box that we then sit inside and feel like we never get to get out of. Yes, absolutely. Right, and I I think we do that a lot in our culture. We pathologize everything we can. And then it's like, oh, well, I have anxiety. And what I've also seen sometimes is like, it becomes a, an out. It's like, oh, well, I don't have to actually do the work or look at myself because I just have anxiety. Yeah. And so exactly. And when, when we shift that just a little and, oh, well, when does anxiety come to visit you? How does anxiety show up? Even to imagine it, what does it look like? If it, if it had form, what would it look like? Where is it? Sometimes I've had people draw it. You know, oh, it's this red light or it's this swirling thing or just describe it. Um, And how does it hold you hostage? How does anxiety tie you up and hold you hostage? And a very important question is, can you think of one time, just one time, where you were able to outwit anxiety versus anxiety having control over you? Because everybody has that moment, that moment where they said, well, yeah, There was this one time I was really nervous and I just said, you know what, I'm not going to deal with that right now. And I did what I had to do. And moments where you do something so important and really tough that because you know how to take control over, for example, anxiety. You know how to do it. How do you then begin to grow that and expand it and, and use it other times that anxiety shows up? We are not our emotions. And non-identification, or I'm not sure what you said, non... I think I said disidentification. Identification, right? And non-identification is very much a concept in mindfulness that we are not our emotions. We are not our thoughts. Everything moves through us. Well, and that's a really... I feel like what you just said there, I really want to highlight that because... I, I think a lot of people, because emotions are so gripping, right, and they're so real when they're happening and they're, they can be so big and, and they can just take over, it can be really hard sometimes to, to sit in that place of I am not my emotions because yeah. then what am I? Yes, exactly, exactly. And so taking that, taking that pause, that pause, that space, just to take a breath and say, okay, this is here. I'm going to honor the fact that this is here. The truth is, the truth of this moment, in this moment right now, anxiety is here. And what we so often do is we move into reactivity and we try and push it away, sometimes with anger, sometimes with shutting down, sometimes with substances, with food. People use all different things to move away from what feels uncomfortable. And the Buddhist nun, Pema Chodron, she, she says, she calls, talks about mindfulness, and she says it's about leaning into the sharp points. Mm-hmm. I love her. Le- yes, leaning into what hurts. And I recently did a workshop with her, and, and her words were, just turning towards in and of itself, very organically, begins to become healing. Mm-hmm. turning towards... Now, I also, I want to put a caveat in there because I don't want, a lot of people have trauma and you can't turn towards everything 
all at once. And, and I wouldn't want anyone to be traumatized. So just to notice, okay, I can be with this. Ah, uh, but I have to stop here. To notice mindfully, right? I can't go any further. I need to move back. And I would never want anyone to go into a zone where they are turning toward a point that is so sharp that they're traumatized or re-traumatized. Yeah, I think that's really, it's really important um, piece that you, that you bring up. And, you know, I was actually in session yesterday with someone and we were talking about this, like coming, coming just to your edge and acknowledging your edge and then backing off a little bit until you feel like you can go just a little bit further instead of like barreling right over the cliff. Exactly. And that happens at each individual person's pace. Right. We all have our own edges that are unique to us and and the only way to know what they are is to explore them. Mm-hmm. Yes, very good. So so let's talk about mindfulness in the realm of sex then. How do you how do you bring that in there? Yeah, so that is that is a great question because imagine then bringing all of that what is happening in this present moment to the sexual experience. So very often I get people in my office, couples in my office, where they're saying, well, the most common reason people come to couples therapy for sexual issues is um, discrepant, something called discrepant desire, where one person wants mm-hmm. this more than the other. Whether it's discrepant desire or erectile issues or whatever it is that brings people in, one of the things, I mean, there's a lot that I do, there's whole sexual histories, and, but one of the things that I really want people to get in touch with is what is their experience during the sexual experience? What is happening moment to moment for them? And when I say sex, I also want to clarify I don't necessarily mean this has to be penetrative sex, especially not between a man and woman. Woman, I'm not being, I don't want to be heteronormative. I want to, you know, I'm expanding this to whatever. It could be even just sitting next to each other on the couch and, oh, uh, he, she, they put their arm around me and are they feeling my, my, my fat roll, right? Or am I able to enjoy this touch? Um, good sex is, bit, is about really being able to let go into the moment, be fully present in the moment. And mindfulness helps us understand and helps give us insight into everything that we're adding on to it. Yes. So, so, so talk to us a little bit more about discrepant desire and how you bring mindfulness into sort of smoothing that out mm. or, or investigating it more deeply. Right. Okay. So let's say a couple comes, well, uh, I'll be sexist and heteronormative in my example. He comes and he says, I want to have sex at least a few times a week. And she thinks, you know, right now we're only having sex, I don't know, once a month and it's not enough for me. And she's, you know, it's like she's giving in. Right. So what I'm going to do first is, is give, do, do full sexual histories because, again, we're all human. We all have different journeys in life. We all have different experiences. What did each person learn about sex? What were their experiences of sex and shame through religion, culture, family messages? That's all a part of it. But if we take that, let's say someone says, well, you know, nobody ever talked about sex in my home, which is usually often the case. Mm-hmm. No one ever talked about it. And if it, if it 
you know, I was just taught, no, you're a bad girl if you do that. And we begin to then, it's much more expansive than that, but perhaps in the mindfulness, as, they, as this couple moves into doing mindful touching together and mindful sex together, and I will literally give people exercises, right? Go home and for five minutes, and this exercise, by the way, I don't want to take credit. A woman named Suzanne Ayasenza developed this. Um, I learned from her. She's one of my mentors in the field, but it's very much mindfully based. She's also very much into the, the whole mindfulness piece of it. That, for example, to when they are spending five minutes, one being the toucher, one being the giver, and then changing around, one being the giver, one being the toucher, what are they thinking? What are the thoughts? What are they experiencing emotionally? What are they feeling in their body? Right? And you can begin to see all the things that get added on. For example, someone who experienced sexual abuse in their childhood and tightens up during sex and they just can't relax and, or, or, and, and that anxiety is why they never wanted to have sex. Being able to then notice, ah, this is why this is here. Some people have never really put that together. So being able through the process of therapy as well as mindfulness, mindful awareness, right? Being able to connect the dots to their past and to see what they're adding on and bringing to the sexual experience that's blocking them from even engaging in it. Messages of shame, fear, anxiety, all of those things can come up. So it's, it's really comes back to just as with the example of the couple where they're arguing awareness, we can't change anything we're not aware of. And when we begin to notice the underneath of the defensive surface, right? In this case, maybe someone is avoiding sex because they feel shame around sex or because they have anxiety around sex because of their history. As they begin to understand that, they have some choice and they can begin to recognize, oh, this isn't my childhood abuser. This is my partner that loves me. Oh, I know my body tightens. Maybe, and, and of course, with, when there are survivors of sexual abuse, you really need an um, understanding partner to, and to know that it's not about them, that it's about their history and it's not them that's causing the problem. And that it really does have to go at the pace of the person who is the survivor. Absolutely. And I think it's really important to, to highlight that if just because you have a traumatic history doesn't mean you, you won't be able to move through it and, and beyond it at some point. You know, it, these, these are workable pieces if they're handled correctly. That's, that is so true. And, and to just take it a step further, you know, I mean, there might be people listening here who are like, well, I don't have like major issues in my relationship. How does mindfulness serve me in sexuality? But I, I can tell you from firsthand, I mean, that's how you get from just like ho-hum, the run-of-the-mill vanilla sex to, you know, expanded consciousness raising sexual experiences is through the practice of presence and mindfulness. And just, to, just to clarify there, when you talk about vanilla sex, 
there's nothing wrong with vanilla sex. I know. I totally heard. I, I felt that right as it came out of my mouth. Sometimes vanilla sex is great. Vanilla sex, you know, you know, a lot of times I work with couples they are like, no, no, we're just, we're boring. We're happy with vanilla sex. We're like, no, no, it's not boring. But to really enjoy whatever sex you're having, whether it, whether you're into kink or whether you're into vanilla sex. But, but I think the point you were making is very true that it's, it's, opening to that moment to really being present fully opening fully letting being able to let go requires a lot of vulnerability sex is a very vulnerable act yeah and it, and and vulnerability is beautiful yeah. and there's actually a tremendous amount of power in it ironically right? because we think that if we're going to be vulnerable, we're going to be exposed and we're not going to feel powerful. But really, I think we are, or we can be, if we're in a safe container in a safe environment, um, we can be at our most powerful when we're vulnerable. Yeah. And it takes a lot of courage, by the way. To be it it really does. does. It does. But, but once, once you are, allow yourself to go there, it's like, and, and it really is, it's, it's, a, it's a very ironic thing, but it's like once, once you really allow yourself to be vulnerable, nothing can hurt you because right. you're at choice in exposing that vulnerability. Yes. And of course, again, caveating this, this is done in a, in, a, in, a, in a safe way, in a way that, you know, you, you are at choice. It's, it's, it's one thing to choose to become vulnerable with someone. It's another thing to have somebody sort of, coax you into it and you're not quite ready to go there yes anything everything has to be consensual yeah so um i i love i love your approach i, I love your work and i think we've we've made a really good case for for mindfulness and the importance of it in in relationships and sexuality um before we kind of close up our conversation today is there anything that we didn't touch on or, or didn't say that you want to make sure our listeners really get to hear uh i think um just going back to when the first question you asked me as far as what is my superpower right and and that sort of putting together the puzzle pieces of what happened. Um, and so often we take things personally. And I think just to reiterate that if you are noticing a feeling, and sometimes even if that feeling is anger, just to use that as a bell of mindfulness within yourself to say, okay, anger is here. Let me take a, let me take a step into the basement of this anger and see what might be underneath it. Let me pause and let me just have this opportunity and this choice as to how I respond versus my usual reactivity. And, and really to take a, a turn inside and to understand what's going on within yourself, to perhaps take a moment and look at your partner's perspective their intention, was their intention to hurt me when they didn't pick up my dry cleaning today? Or did they really just forget because they were stressed and busy? Um, and, and so just self-awareness, I guess, is just the one thing to take a moment and turn in and to choose how you present things to your partner. 
Yeah, I love that. I, and I love that whole piece about really giving the other the benefit of the doubt. Um, because I think, you know, for the most part, our partners are not intentionally trying to hurt us. Yeah. Um, we're all in our own stuff, especially right now. You know, stuff is up for people. People are raw and and it's coming out. And I want to say, too, like, if this, if this work is new for you, you might not catch it in the moment. It might be after the fact where you're like, wow, okay, what you can, you can look back and say, what happened there? Um, you know, what was that really about? Okay. Uh, anger was present, but what was, what was really going on and, and, and how did it manifest? Because sometimes it's in, in retrospect and in observing it after the fact that we can then prepare ourselves for being able to be present when it when it occurs because sometimes it's hard you know we get hijacked and in the moment sometimes it's really hard if you haven't practiced this not in the moment um to go there right that is that i 100 percent agree with you with that and i i often say that to people i often say to them predict you're not gonna you're not gonna get it right the likelihood is you're not gonna notice in the moment and you, you will be reactive but you can always bring, sit with that moment and bring it to mind later and reflect upon it and say, what was happening for me? Yeah, and do it with your partner too, right? Because that, that, that then starts to help build more trust together. If you can, if you, and, and being able to apologize, I mean, I, uh, I can't even understand sometimes how hard it is for people to apologize because an apology really costs you nothing, but it can mean the world to another person, right? Mm-hmm. And just there, noticing, right, this is another place for mindfulness, noticing that the block to being able to apologize, right? Right. One of my teachers in the field of mindfulness, um, Jack Cornfield, very famous guy, Uh um, I hear him saying over and over, the block is our teacher, right? And uh, so when we notice a block too, okay, yeah, I I know I'm wrong, I should apologize, and uh, I can't get those words out. That's what's there in the moment. So what do you do? You open to that block with compassion, with love, and explore it. Yeah, the whole, but I know I'm right and they're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh, Wendy, well, thank you so much for, for taking time out of your day to be with us here today. Will you tell our listeners again where they can go to find out more about you? Oh, sure. And thank you again so much for having me. I really appreciate being here. It's been mm-hmm. nice to speak with you. And yes, you can find me at my website, wendydumbroughtherapy.com. Uh, my practice is in Madison, New Jersey, and my phone number is 973-937-8655. Beautiful. So thank you so much. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, for taking this information, for applying it to your life, because that's really where the where the real juice and the real work is. So so thank you for caring enough about yourself and about those that you love that you you tune into shows like this and 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 absorb this material. And if you want to go deeper with us, go over to superpowerexperts.com and check out our ways to play. We have a lot of fun offerings for you over there. We've got our Master Your Personal Power program, which is we've been having so much fun with, and it's been amazing to watch um, people's growth and transformation with that. We've got the podcast. Go and listen to them. You can go and take your superpower quiz and find out what your superpowers are over there. And until next time, 
Go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.